Welcome to this episode of Mystics and Skeptics. Now here's your host, Sybil. Hello, fellow humans. Hope you and yours are well, wherever you are. Today we have Dr. Dilip Amin. Dr. Dilip Amin has a doctorate degree in pharmacology and is a lifelong researcher in the medical field. He has earned six patents and authored 23 scientific publications. He was born in India and now lives in the United States. Dr. Amin has traveled to 32 countries to learn about different cultures and religions. He's the director of Peninsula Multi-Faith Coalition in the San Francisco Bay Area. He is a Dharma ambassador with the Hindu American Foundation and co-authored the book Vivaha Samskara, The Hindu Wedding Ceremony. Dr. Amin is also the founder of Hinduspeakers.org, and a Dr. Amin founded a forum for interfaith ma- marriage with equality called interfaithshadi.org in 2009, where he has guided more than 1,200 people in their interfaith love relationship issues. Dr. Amin, welcome to Mystics and Skeptics. Thank you. Namaste. It's my <laughs> Namaste. really great honor to be on your channel. No, it's my great honor. Thank you, Doctor. Doctor, you know, um, we know of people, uh, you know, who marry outside of their country or their nationalities. We, we have people who marry outside of their race or ethnicity, right? And we also have people who marry outside of their religion. And that is what we're here to talk about, interfaith marriages. And what are some good tips and tricks to make sure that they're successful and people know what they're getting into? <laughs> so I'd like to pick your brain on that. Dr. Amin, from your experience and knowledge, how common are interfaith marriages? Uh Interfaith marriages are increasing, uh, especially in metropolitan areas and uh, uh, especially in US. Uh, I have found that about 40% from all faiths, some Jewish, some 48%, some Catholic 38%, some uh, Mormons, uh, probably a little less. So I was also curious how many percentages of Hindus marry interfaith? When I say interfaith for Hindus, meaning not marrying to Jain or Buddhist or uh, Sikhs, those are Dharmic faiths, but uh, marrying Abrahamic, Christian, Jews, and Muslims. So how many Dharmic marriages to Abrahamic? And I found 38% of Hindus in America are marrying interfaith, meaning to Abrahamics. Now that is in sharp contrast to what Pew Research study found, some 8% of Hindus marry outside their faith. The reason being their survey is flawed in the sense that uh, they call up thousand Hindus, pick up the phone and uh, who do they marry to? But they don't realize that most of the people they call, they are all new immigrants, they married in India and came over here. So naturally it's only 8% they found it. My survey is covering more uh, recently married in America and uh, 38%. And that is no surprise based on number of wedding invitations I get. Now, I was on a radio show and there was a Muslim lady. She was actually a young lady and she was uh, taking my interviews and on the radio show. And after the interview, she cornered me and she says, how about Islam? I say, I don't know. I would say, I will think of 5%, something low. So do you want to run, run a survey? So me and Shefak Mayak, very proud Muslim girl, we conducted a survey and to our surprise, voila, 45% of Muslims marry outside Islam. Especially and in America, is, right? Especially in the West, I think, those who live in, in the West. Yeah. yeah, in the West, yeah, correct. Of course, in the West, yeah. 
And also it includes 45.1% of Muslim women. Now, many people will challenge me on this survey, but again, my survey covers more number of, uh, not completely just uh, arrived from those other countries, but more probably established in America, more educated people. And that's the kind of group we are talking about. And also as of recently. So to your questions, interfaith marriages are all over uh, and probably will increase as time goes by. I always advise people to, um, especially parents and uh, those who think that their children will only marry to their own uh, subgroups and uh, religion, that expect that interfaith marriage is, is a part of life and be prepared for it. If it never happens, wonderful, congratulations. But if it happens, at least you are prepared for it. So it will be a mistake on anybody's mind to assume that, no, I will not be, I'm so religious. I'm never going to think outside my faith and marry to somebody absolutely contrasting faith. That would be a mistake because uh, things happens. So I would say everybody again repeating, get prepared for the worst. And if it, nothing happens, well and good. If it happens, at least you, are, you can make well informed decision. Bottom line of my message is I'm not for or against interfaith marriage, but I want each and every, whatever combination of faiths you are, I want you to make fully informed decision. See, I'm a scientist. I go by data, facts and analysis. That's the way my mind thinks. So if you are buying a car, you will check out five different, go on Google and check all and uh, uh, give hard time to those dealer that why not you give me the best deal? Why you will not do for the same when you are marrying to somebody and he's going to be marrying for, you are hoping to get married, remain married for 40, 70 years to come or 100 years, who knows? So make fully informed decision. Use your mind, not only heart. That's my message. There has to be some rationalism logic, right? Faith hmm. is a kind of thing. If I give a joke that there was a girl, I mean, real thing, that when she was, she said, when she was two years old, I mean, uh, she felt that uh, uh, her dad is the best person in the world. When she turned 12, she realized that uh, dad is a, uh, he's a jerk. But when she turned 35, she realized that after all, he's okay. Same thing for faith. Your faith will be highest at the age of eight to 12 because it has been, faith has been installed into you. You're not a Muslim, Christians, Jews, whatever, but it's your parents have installed into you. But when you turn, uh, once you go to college, I have found that majority of the youths in college are proud telling I'm atheist, I don't believe in these things and all that. Majority, not all. But the same person, once they uh, get uh, to age 35, once they start talking about marriage, all of a sudden faith comes back especially when they're, they have a childbirth. All of a sudden that becomes a big deal. And once you turn 60, 70 years old, my age side, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, I mean, religion start creeping in. I never ever thought in my life that uh, I will be even give a damn to my religion. 
Uh, and I saw my wife, um, my mother was doing all those religious things. I said, yeah. but all of a sudden now I'm a speaker on religion. So it's, <laughs> so don't think you are an atheist. Don't think you are an agnostic. I don't care for God. If you are in interfaith relationships, always think, what if? That's right. That's what mind. if? Yeah. I mean, it's called life experience, right? You'll have to listen to me only if you are planning to have this married life be happy and successful, even 70 years down the road. When you are taking a cup of coffee and sipping when you are 75 years old in your backyard. And I hope you come that, ah, I married to this interfaith, but I'm glad I heard to that guy at least. You mentioned, um, we, let's get into the one of the issues that I think potential couples who are going to enter marriage or even a serious relationship. You mentioned children, right? I think this is where one of the points where it becomes, there needs to be a common understanding in advance. Would you agree with that? It is the most important point in any interfaith relationship. What will be the names of children? that will be from one faith or culture or the others, whether they will be attending one religious institute or other, are they going to be baptized, breathe, circumcision, sahada, circumcision is uh, not a practice in Hinduism versus Abrahamic faith, uh, circumcision more or less is uh, in some of them are mandatory. What do you will tell teacher? I tell people this, uh, if there are Christian, Muslim couple, they come to me and uh, on a website, I ask them only one question, who is Jesus? Is Jesus an apostle? I know both will agree, Jesus is an apostle. But is Jesus the son of God? If it is a Christian, that's a fundamental belief that Jesus is son of God. Versus Muslims will accept that Jesus is a very important apostle, but nope. Uh, Quran says that if to say that Jesus is uh, Allah begot a God, uh, begot a son, that's a monstrous falsehood. And there are several chapters in Quran on and on. That's, it's not acceptable by Islam. So what are you going to say? Is Jesus son of a God or son of God or not? And if you can resolve this issue, you will solve all world problems or many. Uh, to add to it that it does not end there. It keeps on going till, let's say, your one year son or daughter, uh, no more this got disease early age. How you will bury it? Christian way or Muslim way or a Hindu way? And there is, this is not a binary term. You, can, you have to pick one or other one. And uh, when the person is dead or getting married, I mean, such a important critical event in your life. And are you going to fight about the religion at that time? Worst case, I have heard a, a Jews and uh, a Christian, they uh, got married, however, they said, I don't care, we don't care. Now the son is going to born the, in two days. And here in hospital, they are fighting what will be the name of children, a Christian sounding name or Jewish name. I tell you, problems are real. And if you, again, I don't want people to get scared away from interfaith marriages. I'm not going to, I'm not here to scare anybody. But if you make fully informed decisions, critically think through, challenge your uh, spouse that, uh, or intended spouse, 
what is what is this what is agreed not agreed and in any negotiation always keep an option open what if if i change my mind i'm atheist right now but what if i become religious so if you have thought through just like buying a house buying a car if you make critically informed decisions you will have good chance of having everlasting successful interfaith married life yeah, you know, it might take some of the romance and charm away, but you got to have these serious discussions before you enter into something serious, right? Especially if you bring children into the world, you know, having conversations about just this, right? Uh, religion, traditions, culture, finances, you know, how are you going to handle that? These are all important topics and it, it could save a lot of drama and arguments down the road if you have it up front, have a common understanding. Talking, hmm. talking about finances, if you decide that, yes, I want to raise my son or daughter, let's say as a Mormon, to be a part of Christian church, most of the churches, you have to pay three to 12% of your gross income to the church. To be a, you said, okay, I will, uh, I don't mind my son having bar mitzvah and bar, bar, uh, bat mitzvah, uh, Jewish tradition. Uh, I don't care, I'm atheist. Yeah, go ahead, do it. I don't care. To have to be a child rich to Barmizma, it's so expensive. Uh, Lisa Mirror, one article in Newsweek, she put it for a family of uh, three, four to have gone through. Uh, you will, it will cost you $200,000, something high numbers. So point is, are you going to spend the same amount of time and money for the other uh, religion too? Because it's interfaith, two of them. And if you spend so much time and energy of children to two faiths, running around between uh, this uh, synagogue and Hindu mandir twice a week, four times a week. I mean, are your children going to have any time left for science, math, soccer, and uh, hiking? So, I mean, you have to decide what you want to do. Yeah, you know, a lot of uh, secular couples, right? They might have, they might identify with the religion, but they're not really, you know, religious per se. You know, they'll say, oh, well, we'll raise our children with both beliefs and they can then decide when they become adults. Does that work, do you think? It works provided people are truly secular, truly open-minded. Also, I say that uh, if they are truly independent from uh, the hooks of parents and imam and rabbis and uh, Hindu pandits, whatever. Because uh, marriage is not marriage of two people. Actually, in uh, marriage, is a marriage of two communities and two families. Because uh, once you are married, you have a child's birthday, you will be inviting both the parents together. And if two parents cannot stand each other in one room for one hour, I mean, that's not going to be any good birthday party. So uh, there are so many factors will be pulling you towards you. Majority of the cases I have come across uh, at, in, it's a web-based uh, interface shadi website. What happens that uh, they come to me and they say, I don't care, I love, I, I will give up my life for the person. I said, no, no, you don't have to give up life. You just give up uh, your <laughs> expectation of conversion. And they says, no, I can't let that go. Point is, uh, <laughs> they will be so much committed to it. But the, unfortunately, all the people who comes to me for guidance are in love for one to five years, 10 years. They did not give a damn to talk to me, but now they start talking about marriage. 
and all of a sudden the hell get loose and uh, the imam rabbi pandits parents they start pressuring them to do which they never thought about and this is there was not the we the guy already agreed for all those years this is not something we ask for it why is changing it so point is even though somebody is saying secular and all that i always say that okay take this uh, 30 points they are on my book as well as in my websites and tick mark what is it there don't end it there then go and talk to both the sides of parents that this is what we agreed do you endorse it if the parent endorses it wholeheartedly yes we agree then you have a good chance of uh, a successful married life but if parents start making rattling and if they then involve the rabbis and pandits and priests and all that in this relationship they will derail, derail your uh, long ever planned uh, all those uh, low relationship yeah nobody wants to deal with problematic in laws yeah. but that's the reality of life yeah yeah it is Because parents will simply say you know we've been this is our tradition we marry in church so do you mind i mean there is a wonderful uh, interesting very interesting case uh, on my website hindu girl a christian boy they were in india and uh, she says uh, uh she's a very open minded christian guy says yeah open minded so they says we'll have a hindu wedding and uh, christian wedding we agree she says she loved that idea of wearing the white clothes and throwing that bouquet oh for hindus that sounds so exciting for uh, the christian it was uh, really wearing the sari and it's it was so fascinating but then the uh later on parent got involved and parent says you know you going to do hindu wedding can you do hindu wedding little low profile she says what does it mean i mean it's a wedding so she says yeah but our church will not like your hindu wedding so tell your parents to just keep it a low profile so girl was so much in love she convinced the parents that look we'll have a low wedding where no thousand people only 50 people will come parents said okay agreed then church came back and they says you have to sign this prenuptial agreement that the children will be raised in uh, uh, catholic faith only will be baptized and raised in catholic faith only and that it triggered her then she came to me at that stage she didn't she managed everything by now i said do you believe in this agreement there is a clear legal problem for example you sign these things 10 years down the road you have two children uh, you get into legal uh, child custody battle and you, know, you again that become time become more religious the judge will says well you are hindu you may make your children more uh, hindus you have hindu icon in your home you will take so this children as per your agreement supposed to be catholic only so you have no rights to expose them so either remove everything they never mention hindu name and then only you could have child otherwise child will go to the who knows so she agreed she says nope she told the other party do what you want i will not sign this paper i will have the wedding in the church the church declined you cannot have wedding in the church as a matter of fact round the world you cannot have a hindu and christian wedding in catholic church without signing this prenuptial agreement 
So what happened that uh, matter ended there. Then church came back and asked the Catholic parents. Catholic parents has their burial site in their church because they want to go to heaven. They wanted to go to with Jesus. Church says, we are declining. We are canceling your this burial site. You cannot be part of the church because you are going against and getting married uh, uh, not the way which is endorsed. But so we are revoking your burial site. Now she says it's giving her so much pain. She wants to go and please those Christian in-laws. And she wants to be so nice daughter-in-law. That's what she's dreaming for. And now she will be a sore thumb over there that uh, uh, they cannot go even in peace at the end of their life. I mean, I'm such a sinner. I mean, what should I do? Point is, a 22 years old cannot comprehend how to deal with this situation. Thank God here I was here to guide her. Hindu parents will not understand anything what is going on. So it's better not, uh, she decided not to bother with Hindu parents. She will deal everything by herself. Here, the Catholic church is so stubborn. And so there is no way around it. So point is, who will guide this kind of people? And uh, why this issue came up after six years of dating? Wow, I mean, six years, that's a long time. Well, when they, they fall in love in college, they dated after, I mean, uh, Two more years they dated, and then finally they informed the parents. Point is, it could be so life-wrenching, really, really awful situation you will get into it. And this is solvable. As soon as you get into dating, open up my book, boom, 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 start asking questions, and uh, you find out where you stand. Understanding was usually in interfaith marriages, usually the mother side has the most influence, you know, on how the children are raised in terms of faith. Uh, what's your experience has been? Is it 50-50 or more? I, the mother has. I, in general, it's a uh, religion is carried by the uh, lady in most faith. Uh, ladies are a lot more faithful versus the guy I have seen that they just don't care, whatever. But uh, in interfaith marriages, I have found the, the most who wins between two. There are two faiths, and one has to elevate it at the expense of other who wins. Unfortunately, I have found that the most religious fanatic and irrational faith wins in this game. Doesn't okay. matter, man or woman. If you are really gun ho like this kind of church, they really or whatever, whoever the faith. It could be even Hindus. I'm not saying one or other, but who is more stubborn? There is no way around. This is the only way. And uh, they, parent, the kids realize that uh, I have to, this is the, how to break this marital gridlock. Okay, I will sign this uh, prenuptial. My Hindu parents will not, never know. Problem solved, let's move on. See, it's easy to solve the problem. Just sign the prenuptial and you are done. You start the married life. But I always tell people that why to start your married life on a foundation of lies and deception? Lies and deception. Is it the foundation of your married life? Why can't you be honest? I believe in this thing. I want to believe in this one. I'm not a liar. Keep all the options over. I'm atheist right now. I don't give a damn to the, I don't believe God exists. 
But what if I change later on? I will not endorse your religious ideology because I want to keep my options open. And I think most rational people, most open-minded people today will agree for it. So don't think that uh, by being uh, uh, looking for your interests and uh, avoiding uh, legal troubles later on, that other party will run, run away. They will understand you. They will, I mean, they will marry you. And if you marry after good discussion, healthy discussions, actually you resolve all those problems upfront rather than uh, putting under the carpet that uh, hopefully this problem will not come back. It will come back in my book says that it will come back with the Hinderberg class of uh, uh, hurricane. Meaning it will come, anything you hide under the carpet, oh my God, it's going to blast. So might as well get it over. Other party will accept it. Most of the people here, I found it today, they are very open-minded, they understand. And if somebody is that religious fanatic, why you want to marry anyway? Yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, if somebody did not tell you for one to 10 years that this is coming, even though I'm raised in that family, I know, I know my parents all those periods, and that party will say, no, you know, I never realized my parents are this way. I never realized that's bullshit. How could you, if, if that party says, no, no, I did not realize and please uh, now change the religion or whatever. I would say that have his mental status checked out. I mean, I check his IQ because if he did not comprehend what's going on in family after living 20 years with that parent, huh, there is some problem. You know, I had uh, some friends uh, some years back, uh, they were married. Uh, one, uh, I, I think she was Hindu or maybe Buddhist. I think she was Buddhist actually, you know, vegetarian diet, you know, and the other one was um, a, a Christian who, uh, you know, a meat eater, right? And so, you know, when they were dating, it was not an issue because they used to go out to restaurants and they had menus and ordered separate dishes, right? But when they got married, started living together, started going to family events, you know, she started complaining, oh, there's meat everywhere. There's nothing for me to eat, you know, at his family's house. You know, it's like small things like that people don't think yeah. about, right? That starts, and you know, she, she was very angry. She used to complain about it. And it, what, what was a small thing or not a non-issue, it becomes an issue. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, very true. Uh, especially Hindus, Buddhists are easy, easily to fool them. See, Hinduism has, uh, we believe in millions of God. So if you tell, come and tell me that, uh, why don't you accept Jesus? No problem. Million and one, big deal. I accept Jesus. But you will have to baptize. What you have to do? Well, you have to go to church, put on clothes, and then uh, they sprinkle water. Oh, no problem. I respect Jesus. He's a great man. He's a loving man. I will do it. No problem. Uh, you will have to do sahadat, meaning convert to Islam. So what do I have to do, Sahadat? Oh, it's only two minutes. La ilaha illallah, Mamadur Rusullah. There is only one God. Hindu says, yeah, I agree. There is only one God. And Muhammad is the, the last prophet. I don't understand. But yeah, I, I'll say that. No problem. Hindus and Buddhists are very easy to fool into getting into trap of this uh, conversion. They don't have any problem conversions. They will accept all those things. But it's because Hinduisms, Buddhisms, they are taught that all religions are same. 
uh, doesn't matter. There is one God, so many forms of the God, Allah, Iswara, Iswara Allah, Teronam. That's a Mahatma Gandhi's great song, Iswara Allah, Teronam, meaning one name, different religions. So they don't see as much as, as an issue marrying to or converting to somebody. But uh, ultimately, they end up creating a major problem for the Abrahamic side. Because Abrahamic sides thought that you are accepting Jesus, meaning you are removing all million gods, only Jesus stays. And as soon as the Christian side later says, you know, you put on Jesus photo in our living room, but remove the Krishna photo. As soon as that comes, they say, wait, stop right here. I'm adding Jesus. What's your problem? What is the problem with the Krishna? Oh, no, no, no. Jesus and Krishna cannot sit in the one room. They have a major problem. There will be Ukraine war here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. one party, Hinduism, Buddhism, they are true pluralistic beliefs. They are open-minded. I mean, to some extent, okay, I'm not generalizing. There are Hindus, uh, all kinds of Hindus there. But fundamentally, it's uh, Hinduism, there is never it said that Christian Jews and Muslims are bad or their feeling is bad. But again, uh, Hinduism was written way before they were created anyway. Versus uh, in Abrahamic faith, uh, you know, 10 commandments. The second commandment says there is only one God and uh, believing in uh, the other forms, uh, then God is so angry and jealous that uh, it will punish you to three to four generations. Meaning you put Krishna's photo next to Jesus. I don't know how, I mean, my Christian Colleagues will, uh, my interfaith colleagues will interpret it. No, 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 that's not what it means. But some Christian will say that, my God, you're putting Jesus next to Krishna, meaning uh, my father God will be so angry and jealous. Uh, God will get so upset, will ruin my three to four generations. I don't want to take that chance. Point is, yeah, it's a little things, but it could blow into. So that's why I just go through my book, read all those points, take mark, meet the parents, get endorsement. If parents endorse, I bless you, you're going to have a wonderful, super, <laughs> everlasting interfaith married life. Really, I am married for 42 years. And uh, Interfaith or same faith? Same faith. Okay. <laughs> yeah, same faith, same denomination, same whatever you're thinking, same kind of parents. And still we have so many problems. <laughs> and, and somehow we learn to live with it. And I mean, uh, as a matter of fact, it's a merit like keeps on getting better every year now. Because we learn that, oh no, this doesn't work. And point is, married life itself is a complex. There are so many issues. And on top of it, when you add religion, you better be think seriously. Yeah. Again, I hope I'm not here to scare out youths considering interfaith marriages. I'm not here, I'm not saying interfaith marriage is bad. As a matter of fact, I know many interfaith marriages, they are going great versus many within faith marriages, including my own family. There are recently three divorces within faith marriages. So I'm not here to say in, within faith marriage is better versus interfaith marriage is bad. I, I'm not taking one or other side. Only thing I'm saying that whatever you do, 
within faith or interfaith. Make an informed decision. Think critically. Think through all those points. And if you have done that for marriage, and same thing, I would recommend buying a car and house. If you made a fully informed decision, you have good chance that uh, you'll have an everlasting married life, hopefully. Yeah, and all this applies to when uh, each spouse or partner retain their original religion, right? If one converts and they convert fully, you know, genuinely, then it's it's not too much of an issue. You can deal with the family, right? A little bit. I mean, no, <laughs> that's even a problem. Okay. This a faith is not something steady throughout life. As I said, that you are born with zero faith, parents install faith into you by your age 18, faith disappears. And by 35, I've seen many, many cases they genuinely convert. When they say genuinely convert, as a matter of fact, uh, just yesterday, I, uh, I, I've been in touch with one somebody from India and says he has converted Hindu, he has converted uh, to Islam. He has already converted. And I asked him that, uh, okay, so have you read the Quran? He says, yeah, he has read Quran. I say, have you read Quran, meaning taking the first page to last page on your own? He says, no, 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 no. There is the Imam who is reading me Quran from Quran. I said, forget it, kick that Quran. I mean, you are an intelligent person. Uh, kick that uh, uh, Imam out. You don't need him to tell you what to read and what not to read. Take first page to last page, start reading. And then I quoted him five, 10 different quotes from Quran. This is what uh, Quran says, uh, the uh, after certain holy months, I mean, you hide in ambush and kill any non-believers outright or uh, cut right hand and uh, left feet of uh, unbelievers. So do you endorse it? How do you justify? He said, I did not know this thing. In, I said, you are not Muslim. So point is, again, I'm not criticizing Quran because uh, I'm just speaking and make, scaring you people because there may be many justifications saying why Allah said to cut right hand, left feet, whatever, or some other context that I'm not putting. So individuals should open the book, first page to life, read it on your own, use your own brain to make the decision. So he says, uh, now what? I say, again, in uh, somebody asked, now you're Muslim. Somebody asked that, uh, what if I, somebody asked Muhammad, what if somebody become Muslim and then leaves the Islam? Bukhari, I don't remember that number, but Muhammad said that if anybody leave Islam, just kill him. Simple, plain and simple. The person cannot be, should not survive. Now, again, my Muslim colleagues uh, will get upset me saying so bluntly, but it is in Bukhari written there. And they may say, no, killing doesn't mean this way. Killing means just uh, slap on, I don't know what does he, how they will imply, but the religious fanatic will, will imply that way. Especially let's say you go to country like uh, Saudi Arabia or Iraq or many countries and you say, I'm, I was Muslim and now I'm, I mean, they find out from your statement that you were Muslim one time and now you are back to Hinduism. That's apostasy. They will put you in the prison. In Malaysia, which you may consider as a very progressive Muslim country, uh, there are several cases I have cited in my book that the party was uh, Muslim, 
but then uh, he gave up doing it he was doing all those uh, hindu rituals and he was fully, he was a leader of some hindu groups also he died and uh, malaysian court came they realized they came and confiscated the body because he was at one time uh, muslim in malaysia in your id card it has to say islam that they use the word my card my m y c a k d and in a, my card you say is uh, islam for non islamic it doesn't say anything so that's your id that's your passport to be malaysian citizen now if you marry to somebody or if you decide that i don't want to i want to erase that my card because i'm not a no more islam that is no way no way absolutely uh, you can be you can that my islam can be removed out of my card if you want to stay in malaysia only option you have is the stop or uh, get out of uh, malaysia and leave some other country that's only way around so take religion very seriously take conversion very seriously conversion to islam is only you convert if you have read completely quran from first letter and you are ready that some religious religious fanatic uh may come and hack you to death because you are you have performed apostasy uh you have quit islam i mean uh, so take it seriously don't don't play around with religion don't play around with uh, uh rabbis pandits imam parents don't fool people just be honest just be honest keep all your options open that's what i'm saying no thank you for that yeah i mean religious fanatics of any religion frankly you know they've all religions have had a history of violence and you know and misinterpretations or extreme inter interpretations that reflect poorly on the fundamental you know yeah. um, essence of the religion but uh like going back to bring into an interfaith relationship marriage um or uh or think about converting to another religion you got to be very informed and you got to inform yourself you're right you really don't necessarily need intermediaries to interpret for you you should use your own <laughs> your, your own uh, abilities you would yeah. think um so um last question for you uh doctor uh i mean uh, is do you know uh, are the divorce rates higher in interfaith marriages or are they that's a great question i think divorce is something number one thing you need to keep it in mind uh, uh because you know in america divorce rate said what is it 50 70 80% i mean so and uh you have to keep in mind that divorce costs five times more than your marriage so i mean uh, divorce is a serious matter especially divorce after children is a really really painful situation now whether divorce are more in it in faith versus within faith yeah uh, there are many many statistics uh, shows that interfaith marriages are double uh, interfaith marriages have double rates of inter, uh, divorce versus within faith but again i don't buy into those statistics because uh, when they say interfaith marriage is possible those people may be living in a small town they are church goers and and uh, when they take the interfaith marriage are from metropolitan area highly educated people but even uh, in that uh, divorce rates are anyway higher in highly educated and metropolitan people versus the village people anyway so it's it's a difficult to judge i have found many divorces within faith and i have also found uh, many in uh, interfaith 
So I am not, I would say that who make fully informed decision, they have better chance of success versus those who are fall into the trap that uh, let's lie and decide, let's uh, convert for the heck of, to please the parents, uh, to imam, let's uh, get away, let's put all the problems under the carpet and somehow it will die down. Those are the marriages will uh, create a big havoc uh, and will have, if you are 30 something, highly professionals, uh, thought through, read my book or many other books and you have thought through, it's a good chance. You will not have divorce problem because of at least uh, religion related issues. Could you tell listeners about uh, your book, the name of it, where how they can uh, read it, find it, and also your um, interfaith service? I think you have an interfaith service as well, how they can, your help, uh, if they're in an interfaith relationship. Could you uh, tell listeners? Sure. This book is titled Interfaith Marriage. That's a book cover. And uh, the subtitle is Share and Respect with Equality. So that's my message. In the totally in the book and this book has been endorsed highly by muslim christians and uh, jew leader faith leaders they read it and they says yeah that sounds great what i'm saying in this book that uh, marry interfaith only you are willing to share two faiths meaning uh, now it's a hindu diwali let's go celebrate that now it's uh, ramadan let's go celebrate that respect each other truly Yes, we put Jesus photo, as I told you, and next to it will be Krishna's photo. If two photos, see Jesus and Krishna don't have any problem if you hang both of them and if you find out next day they are still there, one did not knock down the other one, then I think you should be okay. If God does not have problems, then uh, don't create problems. So truly respect each other the way they are. And also I say in my book, don't convert, to, don't try to convert a rose into carnation. Let the carnation be carnation. You marry to somebody the way the person is. Don't try to convert to something else the person is not. For example, even money. A person is a spender, spender, spender. Don't assume that that person will all of a sudden after marriage, you will convince it out and become a miser. No, no, that doesn't work that way. So it's the same in religion. You need to accept the person the way it is. And that's, you can do it by just truly respecting the person's faith, the way it is, share to. And third point is equality. Even though you are an atheist, let's say you are an atheist Hindu, don't give a damn to Hinduism. Don't believe in those idols. Uh, don't believe in these pandits and all that. Still insist on equality. Even though I'm atheist, I want 50% mine. I want the 50% to go to Hindu side. If the other party says, uh, we'll take them to synagogue twice a week, wait, I'll take them to Hindu temple twice a week too. So four, four days of the week gone. You have only three days left to do whatever you want to do. It. Point is equality. Every state of life, it has to be 50-50. Never ask for 51%, but don't settle for 49%. And who don't want equality in life today? Everybody wants equality. Why not? Why you will settle for less? Why you want to be submissive? And if you are submissive, the other you are giving a wrong message to the other party that ha, that girl or boy is a submissive, and I can slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly brainwash and make her to my 
slave, whatever, who knows? So as soon as you see sign that the other party is not willing to give you equality, true respect for who you are, your faith, your beliefs, your way of spending money, whatever, get Allah, stop that right there. So again, bottom line, my book, Interfaith Marriage, Share and Respect with Equality. The book has covered uh, some 83 real life experiences there. And uh, it's uh, so much to learn in all kinds of combinations, including race, Hindu, Jews, Muslim, Christians, uh, Sikh, uh, Catholic, all kinds of combinations I have covered. It is available in uh, Amazon, Interfaith Marriage, Share and Respect with Equality, put on my name, even you put on my name, Dilip Amin, and you will have it all. Now, again, my website, and that's uh, this one, Interfaith, uh, Interfaith Shadi at dot org. It is uh, S-H-A-A-D-I, Interfaith Shadi, Shadi means marriage. Uh, and uh, it is a non-profit work. I've been working on this sales field since 2006. Along with, I, I call it this, I got one PhD in pharmacology, two PhDs in religion. Even though I, one day I was a totally agnostic atheist, whatever you call it. <laughs> so why I started this uh, forum, why I got involved in that, that's interesting. That uh, my boys were growing up, they start going to college and I says, I start seeing their friends uh, or I start getting wedding invitations, somebody married to Christians, somebody married to Jews, whatever. And I says, hmm, what does that mean? I don't know. So, uh, and meantime, I got an, uh, I heard that one of my relative got, uh, distant relative got married to a Muslim or going to get married to. So I sit on Google immediately and I typing in and I start perspiring. I said, what is all this? How could you have to convert to why you have, I mean, that's not logical to me. So I start talking to my colleagues, around, I mean, friends around and I says, no, no, that cannot be. It's just uh, your imagination. You just, oh no, Google. So meantime, I got another, another wedding invitation from a very close friends. And they says, this time it's wedding in a Catholic church. And the church happens to be very close by to me. So I drove to church immediately as soon as I got the wedding invitation. And as the church, I saw you on a website that you, Hindu will have to sign this prenuptial agreement. Is it true? This is, that's absolutely true. So then I drove back to straight to that friend. How about now? I mean, this is true. Oh, no, no, no. That's not true. You just, uh, I mean, actually they may fail, may have felt offended that, uh, come on, it's uh, such a wonderful news. And why are you trying to derail it? I said, I'm not trying to derail it. I'm just trying to, I mean, have you thought through? Uh, so I realized that it's, especially in Hindu community, all people are completely naive. They don't know the Abrahamic way of thinking of religion. And uh, so in 2009, I started this website, Interface Shadi. The reason actually I started this Shadi is uh, because when I start talking to my colleagues and I mean, my relatives and uh, my close friends, they got so tired of me talking on and on. This is, and this is, oh, no, no, that's not. And this is here that Interface guy comes. So I realized that uh, I'm making enemies around me. So instead of fighting locally, I say, let me fight internationally. So that's why I set up this website. And as soon as I put this website, voila, I start seeing all the problems on and on and on and on. Anybody any having problem, Google say, go there, this guy. 
So I end up guiding some 1200 youths from all over the world. So the way it works that if you have any, any questions, you go pick up any blog, read through those some 1500 blogs there. And uh, you put your, this is my scenario, what should I do? And I will make a new post and then we'll discuss. I give my few inputs and then uh, everybody else will give their input. So it's not a biased thing. I'm, I'm telling everything open in front. And whatever I said, I believe in so many years, nobody ever said that whatever I said is a bias, uh, unethical, or I'm trying to sway somebody to my faith, whatever. No, I'm just saying logical things. Have you thought about this thing? What do you will do if, if and output scenario? And then it's up to you to make decision. You can move out of my website. You can marry to that person, convert, fake somebody, do whatever you want to do it. But only my bottom wish, heart from my heart is at age 70, as I told you that when you are taking that cup of coffee and relaxing and enjoying your married life or never married life or whatever life, I hope you will feel that, ah, you know, that, that guy, he told me something, whatever he told me, I'm glad I heard that person and make my own informed decision. Again, that could be not to marry ever or married and having 10 kids, whatever. So my bottom line message is please, don't take religious lightly. When it comes to religion, uh, make fully informed decision. Religions are beautiful. It has helped so much to the world. People have gained so much out of it. But when it's interfaith, remember the word, share and respect with equality. If the other party has problem with it, they cannot share and respect with equality. You just think simply why you want to marry that religious fanatic jerk. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Amin. That was very helpful. Everyone, that was Dr. Dilip Amin. Thank you. And for our listeners, thank you for listening to Mystics and Skeptics. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and stay in peace, everyone.